0: This is Viterbi Voices, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more.
1: Directly from our students, faculty, and other members of our engineering community. All right here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering.
0: Welcome back into Viterbi Voices. As usual, I am one of your hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma, Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering.
1: And my name is Audrey Roberts. I'm a junior studying mechanical engineering here at USC.
0: Hi Audrey, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you, Paul? I'm doing well. Good. <laughs> what,
0: what is this uh, episode all about?
1: Um, so this is an interview with an industrial and systems engineering student, um, Fifi. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought this was a good episode because i think she really exemplifies a lot of kind of what ISE uh industrial systems engineering he- is here at usc mm-hmm. um so she actually sort of started in mechanical engineering this time at fifi and amy 101 freshman year um but switched out into ISE and kind of through her conversation she was like i didn't really know what ISE was but i probably would have started there if i would have known so um in the episode, she does a really great job of explaining kind of what the major is, how to relate it maybe to high schoolers to see if their interests align with it. Um, and then she's done a lot of super cool things with it. So she actually studied abroad sophomore year in New Zealand and took like four classes for her major there. Wow. Yeah, which is really cool. And then after that year, she interned at an aerospace company doing sort of systems engineering, which is a big part of the aerospace engineering Aerospace Engineering Industry. Um, and then this coming summer, she's um, trying out consulting uh, with West Monroe Partners up in Seattle. That's great. Yeah.
0: Um, ISE, uh, I'm sure with that acronym is going to get thrown around a lot. ISE yes. is Industrial and Systems Engineering. It is... Uh, it is an amazing program. It is cool, and the problem is that a lot of students, from a high school perspective, don't know what it is. And I think the first thing that people see is industrial, as so I think industrial engineering, which is kind of where it comes from—the beginning of industrial and systems engineering. But a lot of people just think like, "Oh, like factories," yeah. or, or, you know, <laughs> and that's not, that's not a part of it. Um, my my best thing for students to think about is that if they've ever wanted to combine engineering and business, this is somewhat of a natural combination of that. I often say that industrial systems engineers are involved in the engineering of better businesses. They deal with that idea of, of creating uh, the bottom line for businesses, making them more efficient, going through all these different consulting practices to get down to it, whether it's a, a human resource issue, whether it's an actual uh, logistics and supply chain issue, whether it's down to how things actually run from the day to day, operating procedures, safety, industrial design comes into it as well. Um, ISEs do everything, and every company hires ISEs.
1: Exactly. And that's kind of what Fifi talks about how really it applies to such a broad range of people because you're taking a lot of different courses sort of with this goal of efficiency and operations management etc so maybe if you're a little bit interested in computer science but also businesses is a good combination or if you're interested in project management or something like that mm-hmm. it's a good combination um and i think it's really hard to conceptualize that as a high schooler because it's not and fifi and i kind of talked about this it's not really like one class in high school it kind of combines a lot of the skills you're getting from different classes yeah. um but there are a couple areas that fifi pointed out is kind of a little heavier like stats um programming things like that um so if you're interested in those things this is definitely a worthwhile episode to listen to and maybe think about industrial and systems engineering
0: that's great well let's get out of the way and give it over to fifi to talk about what the heck industrial and systems engineering is all about
1: Welcome to the podcast Fifi. Thank you. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm Can excited just- to be here. <laughs> <laughs> introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure um so my I'm my name is Fifi and I'm a junior studying industrial and systems engineering. I grew up in Virginia and went to high school in San Diego and I actually started mechanical and switched into ISE um after my first semester. Um, mostly because I just didn't know what it was when I came to USC. I feel like I probably would have chosen it had I known about it. But, um, yeah, I really love it. Awesome. It's awesome.
1: So what is industrial assistance systems engineering?
2: Yeah. Then? I'll give a pretty long definition. I feel like every concise definition I've heard of ISC leaves out a lot of the parts of the major that I feel like are important. So you're basically a jack of all trades in engineering if you study ISC. It's a little bit of mechanical, electrical, computer science, you know, whatever interests you in engineering, you can probably find a way to include it into ISE. Um, personally, I think what the aspect of it that I like the most is you're basically um, like a better, more technical business major. I see a lot of people in ISC going after consulting jobs or things that are probably more business focused than most other engineers, mm-hmm. but because we have a technical background and because we've taken some coding classes and we understand, you know, physics and all of these things that non-technical majors just don't get in their education, I think we're much more well-rounded and better problem solvers. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you can take it in a million different ways, which I think is why it's so hard to describe in one single definition. But yeah. um, basically, if you want to be sort of a mini-expert at a lot of things engineering and non-engineering, then ISC is a really good fit for you. Okay, cool. Do you
1: think it, like, for a high school student, is there any way to compare it to something you would maybe do in high school? Because I feel like with other majors it's really easy to think, like, oh, okay, um, in physics, like, this kind of relates to mechanical engineering. Or, oh, I need computers, I should study computer science. But it's harder to see that aspect because you're working sort of
2: with all those things. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if there's really – I'm trying to think of a class I took in high school that – relates to what I do now and it's hard because they all did that's the thing with ISC is that it's not just one topic it's not mm-hmm. one class you took in high school it really combines aspects of so many of them into one single major um so probably like a mix of a stats class plus if you take took like AP computer science then that is definitely a part of it um yeah there's really there's so much things I think there's also a lot of stuff that I just never even encountered in high school things like um operations research and uh efficiency optimization that was never really a discussion in any (laughs) high school (laughs) class but it's cool it it is I never felt like unprepared for that because um again ISC draws on so many different disciplines that um you know you don't have to be an expert in one single topic if you're good at you know, a couple different things and want to find a way to combine those, then ISC is really good for that. Yeah. So,
1: what is the coursework like then at USC? Like, what sort of classes are you taking?
2: Yeah. So, I usually, I think, see them fall into three or four different categories. First is statistics sort of based math. So, I've taken, you know, probability and engineering was the name of one of my courses and statistics of engineering was another one. So, it's definitely, on the math side, it's stats heavy. Um, I'd also say computer science. I know many IC majors who have taken, um, numerous coding classes. I, my first one was in Python, the language Python. Um, I know some people do MATLAB and C++. There's, you know, you can kind of take it a bunch of different ways. So that's another category. I'd say a third is more non-technical business. Um, but still with, I guess, more of a technical, so discussion yeah so within engineering, school, yeah, like, still within so engineering, engineering more yeah yeah it's still part of turby. it's not you're not taking like martial business classes it's still part of turby, but it sort of discusses you know more business strategy and things like that um and how technical aspects of the business fit into that um and then now recently i've taken a more like operations and um sort of mathematical modeling classes, like deterministic models and stochastic models, which, Mm -hmm. don't worry if you don't know what that means, I didn't either, like, a year ago, (laughs) but... um, Yeah, so... I'm sure as I take more classes, I'll see more categories. That's the whole thing of ICS. is there's like a million categories mm-hmm. and it's hard to put it all together. Yeah, but yeah. that's those are sort of the different realms of classes that I take. That's super cool. Yeah. So then
1: what can you do with all this? Like what sort of fields are um, students going into? Like what are you doing with it? What yeah, do you want to do with it? Totally.
2: Mm-hmm. Again, like the major, very broad and very different ways that people go with it. I think a big draw is consulting um, because consulting is a very, like, Problem solving type, broad type um, industry that attracts a lot of IIC majors, and I think we stand out um, and differentiate ourselves from the business majors typically going for that because we have a technical background. I think we're a lot more competitive mm-hmm. for those jobs, which is cool. I see people going into aerospace. I had an internship last summer um, as a systems engineer in in an aerospace company. Um, I see people going completely non-engineering. I've seen people go into, like, entertainment. And <laughs> um, I don't know. It really is so broad, yeah. and you can do a lot with it. Um, I think, yeah, I would say, you know, people either stay stay within engineering, and typically that, that leads to aerospace, and a lot of the technical work you can do with systems engineering is there's some great opportunities for that in the aerospace yeah. industry. Yeah. And then consulting is kind of the bridge between engineering and the business world and then i see people going towards straight business jobs even like financial jobs banking jobs um and they are very unique candidates for that because they're engineers and they're not the business majors that those companies are typically seeing in their in their recruiting process totally
1: that makes sense Yeah. yeah i took a class last semester and it was like aerospace systems and i didn't realize like of course when you're building a plane like a huge part of the engineering work that's going on it into it is systems engineering yeah it's like coordinating the schedule getting everything done and then getting all the parts together yeah the safety checks it's so insane like that that's i don't know a huge part of massive you can probably speak to that a little more yeah
2: so when i was a systems engineer last summer i worked for a company called moog aircraft group and um,
1: in southern california yeah they're in
2: torrance in la awesome um yeah which and i think they have their headquarters in new york I want to say I'm not sure though, um, <laughs> but yeah. So basically, I got to see firsthand how what sort of systems engineering looks like because again, it always it had always been described to me as this very broad thing. and I didn't really know what it was yeah. concretely, um, but yeah, basically, you know, you're taking what the mechanical team built and what the electrical team built and what the software had what um, software had been built and putting it all together into the final system that will actually be the product that you're delivering to, you know, whomever your client is. Um, and that was really cool to see. And there's a lot you can do within that. Not um, Testing is a big part of that. So um, I think a lot of people like systems because you kind of get to deal with the final product when things are, you mm-hmm. know, there's actually something to see that's yeah. working, yeah. Um, which is really cool. So I wrote a lot of test scripts and, um, you know, worked with sort of the, the final part of that. Um, You can also work at the beginning and working with requirements, which is, you know, when you're speaking with your client, you're trying to figure out what it is you want your product or system to do. And it actually is a much more in-depth process than I think most people realize. You have to really get it in writing of, you know, oh, it must, you know, the dial must turn this number of degrees or, you know, whatever. It can get really specific. Um, and you have to have all that fleshed out before you start building or else you don't really know what you're building. So it's cool. Systems really spans from the beginning of a project to the end and there's a lot you can do with it. Yeah. And
1: it's cool that you get to learn about like the electrical, the mechanical, kind of like you were talking about with your courses. Like, yeah. You're kind of working with te- those teams, so of course you have a say in that engineering, and then kind of putting it all.
2: Totally, so yeah, it's cool. That's awesome, you get to—it's really interdisciplinary. You get to work with a lot of different people, yeah. which is cool. That's super cool.
1: Okay, so then this summer you said you're working at West Monroe Partners, so now yeah. you're going more the consulting group so what's yeah. that going
2: to be like yeah sure. so so last summer I worked at Moog this summer I'll be at West Monroe Partners in Seattle and they are a consulting firm but they they do technical consulting so there's um a good amount of technicality in the client work so I'll be working with the data engineering team and using a programming language uh, or sorry a database language called SQL to um work with clients and their databases and uh figure out how to visualize and understand their data in a way that's really helpful to them, in a way that will help them, you know, make decisions on how they want to run their business in the future. Um, I don't exactly know what I'll be working on yet because it's still a bit early, but um, yeah, I'm really excited. I think it'll be a really good combination of um, the technical aspects of ISC, and also it'll be cool to see it applied to a real world business and yeah. see how that will affect like, That's awesome. an industry.
1: That's super cool. Oh yeah, it'll be cool. So then, and see, you guys take a SQL class like sophomore year, right? Or
2: yeah, I took it. I was abroad two semesters ago in New Zealand, and okay. I took it there.
1: Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about being abroad then. That's
2: amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Sorry. It was so cool. New Zealand, your spring semester, sophomore year,
1: right?
2: Yep. Okay. Yeah, a little cool. bit earlier than most, just because yeah. that worked with my schedule better. But
1: Yeah, and what yeah. made you decide you wanted to study abroad?
0: Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon
2: so i had always i mean even before coming to college i wanted to do that i feel like whenever you hear interviews with people or hear people speaking about what their biggest regret from college was it was yeah. that they didn't study abroad so i definitely wanted to do it I didn't, like, really want to sell myself on it because I knew that at a lot of places it's hard to do with engineering, but yeah. I was so pleasantly surprised at how easy it was with my major specifically in USC. Yeah. Um, so I, I know, I'm sure, I don't know if your listeners have heard about Viterbi Abroad, which is USC's engineering school's um, specific study abroad opportunity for engineering students. I didn't do that. I did it through um Dornsife which is our like general college um and I I took all major classes so I took four classes that all counted towards my major at the University of Auckland but it was not through Viterbi's program at all which like the fact that that was possible is crazy and awesome and I'm so glad I got (laughs) to do it but it was so easy my advisor had like 30 pre-approved courses with the University of Auckland from my major so I just had to like find the ones that worked at University of Auckland schedule in a week and I got to do it. So, yeah, I took a database course there, and I took um, three other ISC classes okay. as well.
1: Okay, that's so cool. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So then, how was it? Because I feel like junior year, so many people are studying abroad, so maybe you have a couple yeah. people you know at Yeah.
2: You're, sure you're going to, but you kind of, like, you're pretty young at I that point be, early yeah. on.
1: How, was it, like, scary? I don't
2: know. It, yeah, you know, looking back, I feel like so many people now have asked me, like, "Oh, who'd you who'd you go with yeah. to New Zealand?" And I was like, "I did it. I went completely by <laughs> myself, which maybe was a bit naive, but I had the best time. I went so because Auckland and New Zealand are in the summer are in the Southern Hemisphere, their academic calendar is like shifted forward a month or so, so I didn't start class until March fourth, okay, wow. which is super late." Um, so oh I gosh. actually, yeah, so I went a uh, month uh, early. <laughs> best
1: winter break <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh my God.
2: Yeah, it was like, I was off from like December 12th through, who would know, yeah, through March 4th. Um, but I, I went to New Zealand a month early and oh, I did wow. a solo trip on the South Island by myself. <laughs> <laughs> for, <laughs> the most beefy thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It was crazy. And that was the first time I did anything like that. So it definitely took some convincing of my parents, yeah. but... New Zealand's very safe, so it was all good. But, um, yeah, that was so cool. So I had some time in New Zealand sort of, like, as a traveler before the program (laughs) started or any class started, which was really cool to do. Um, And that was, like, the first time, but I just, like, had no responsibilities for a whole month. It was awesome. But And then then class started, and um, it was really cool. I think, you know, New Zealand's cool because it is English-speaking, so there wasn't a crazy culture shock or anything, which was good since I was taking four engineering classes. I want, you know, that would, would have been so hard to do in, like, French or something Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they made, it, they made it really easy, and, um, it was, yeah, it was cool to see sort of how those classes were run at another university. It, it made me appreciate some things about USC, like, you know, smaller class sizes. The university of Auckland had huge classes, but, um, you know, being able it, – it was such a great experience, and I was able to do so many things, like – just, you know, see that part of the world, which mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know when I would have had the opportunity to do that otherwise and check off so many bucket list things. Yeah. I went skydiving and <laughs> I, went, I went scuba diving the Great Barrier Reef. Oh like, it's gosh. crazy. It sounds so stupid coming out of my yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it was awesome. Um, and did you meet a lot of people there that you're, like, still yeah.
1: friends with? Like, how is it in
2: that regard? Yeah. I, I actually met a lot of European friends. Okay. There were a bunch of, like, Scandinavian and Danish and um, German Europeans were like where I guess all came to New Zealand I don't know there was like no (laughs) Italians no French no Spanish people just like the northern part of Europe Um, but we had a big group of like 15 of us and a couple other Americans were in it too and it's really great I feel like making friends abroad was so easy because I think everyone is there just you know to have a really good time for five, five or six months so everyone's really welcoming and inclusive and um, yeah, we still talk to this day. We have a big Facebook Messenger group chat, and um, I'm going. Actually, God. going to Spain for spring break this year, and I'm going to meet up with some of them. Wait, really? You? Where are you worry. I going? know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Madrid and Valencia and Barcelona. I know. can't Are we in Barcelona at the same time? I think we might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Barcelona. Yeah, and you'll also see maybe some of my abroad friends. <laughs> I'm so excited. So to great. Meet that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I made, So there is. So. I kind of had my abroad group that was, you know, everyone's available, and we Mm -hmm. did weekend trips every weekend, um, and then I also was able to meet a lot of Kiwi friends, I lived with two Kiwis, and in my classes. In a dorm,
1: or just, like, did you find housing? It
2: was, so it was University of Auckland housing, but it was an apartment, so it was kind of, think, like, the village. Okay, It was kind of like that, um, and it was great, yeah, really nice apartment, and, um, like right next to campus and it was a big like community type thing so i was able to meet a lot of other kiwis through that and uh, they're just the nicest people they really are that. the nicest yeah. people <laughs> they my- could not be more welcoming
1: yeah like stephen colbert had something like oh, really? going to new zealand recently i watched that my cousin studied abroad um in australia yeah and he like went to new zealand for a bit so he was telling me that over the break too yeah but they're
2: so friendly and their accent is so fun to listen to Oh, I'm sure. It's like yeah. a better Australian. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like something about it is so nice to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's
1: great. Well, I think probably everyone's jealous now that you got yeah, to spend
2: all the time. Yeah, if you but. can go to New Zealand, definitely make it happen. <laughs> it's the best.
1: So then now it's sophomore year, so now you're probably into like the thick of some of your
2: some major courses. So yeah. How's that going? It's going well. Um... Yeah, I actually, I don't know. I feel like I must have spread it out in a way that was good. I think this semester is going to be kind of hard because I'm taking like my senior design course and, okay. and things like that. But, um, you take
1: your senior design course this
2: year? Yeah, I'm starting it now because I, if you come in with AP credit, you kind of, you can hear. Oh,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's cool. Is that the capstone one? So, how does that course work for ISC?
2: That's like, so I think they, they pair us up with clients that I think USC has sort of built a relationship with, and okay. we go in and um, help them solve, you know, whatever. It's sort of like a, maybe a consulting class. I don't know. I've heard different things. I'm not really sure what to expect okay. yet. Yeah, I, we'll I should back probably back in look later. into <laughs> it. Yeah, <laughs> we do a part two. Um, but, yeah, I think they pair you up, or if you have an idea of something you want to do already, you can maybe do that. Okay. Um, so uh, you have, like, a group then? Yeah, okay. so they, I actually just filled out a survey with my, like, availability for the week. And I don't know if they're assigning us groups, if we're picking ourselves. But, okay, um, yeah, you're with a group of other people. And I think, I, I mean, basically the whole class is one giant project. So, you, yeah, um, I don't think you have, like, exams. It's more like you present on the progress of your project throughout mm-hmm. the semester. And um, it's a year-long course. So, I have, like, the Part B to it next I fall. see. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, can you take it? Can you take like both parts each semester? Like, could people who are seniors in see next year start it in the fall? Then? Yeah.
2: Okay. And I, I think that's probably more common like, than what okay. I'm doing. Okay. No, I'm You're just yeah. ahead of it.
1: Okay. <laughs> I see. So then. Aside from school, you're also involved in Engineering Without Borders. Do you want to talk a
2: little bit about what that is? For sure. And that's actually, I might actually be doing part of that for my senior design class. Oh, okay. So it's a good segue. But (laughs) but, um, Yeah, Engineers Without Borders has been a club I've been involved with since freshman year. It's a really cool service club that um, combines, it basically utilizes engineering capability of students and um, professional mentors to help. Um, develop infrastructure in communities in developing countries. So when I first joined, I we were doing a project in Guatemala and we were trying to basically... There was this like school campus that needed m- more um, drinking water and they had all this roof space. So we were trying to figure out a way to capture the water from mm-hmm. the rainy season that was coming off the roofs and store it in a storage tank that would filter it. And then basically that water could last them year round. So that was the first project I jumped on. The second one was one in Kenya. We were trying to fix an old broken windmill and um, pipe the water that the windmill pumped to a storage tank and then make an irrigation system so that they could uh, water their vast farmland, which was just, like, super dry um, when we first showed up. And then now I'm managing a project in Bolivia where we're, bu- we're building um, latrines and a, a sanitation system. Okay. So, yeah, it kind of – it works, I think – Water and sanitation are probably the two most common projects, but um, yeah, they have projects all around the world. We've worked obviously in Africa, South America, Central America. We haven't done one in Asia yet, but who knows, maybe one day. So
1: then have you been able to travel to each of the places? Yeah, you've done a project.
2: With? That's so so yeah, I did I had the opportunity to travel to Guatemala. I couldn't end up doing it. I think I had a conflicting, I think I had like an exam or something. I couldn't go, okay. but I did go to Kenya. And, uh, we are planning for Bolivia, um, this May. Okay. Yeah. That's so
1: great. Yeah. I feel like Engineers Without Borders, too, is a good example of how, like, different kinds of engineers can work together, too. Yes. the club is, like, your IIC, I know mechanical engineers, and I know, like, all these different sorts of engineers, but that's, like, really what the real world's like when you have...
2: No, totally. It's, like, I feel like of everything I've been involved in on campus, EWB has definitely been the most one that been the one that is most applicable I think to like the real world as they say like (laughs) an actual job and I've talked about it endlessly in interviews for consulting firms and I Mm -hmm. guess even non-consulting firms because I guess the the structure of the club and the way you go about uh, managing these projects is very similar to a typical consulting project in that Mm -hmm. you know your client instead of being a business is like a community in need in a developing country and you know instead of implementing like the new business tech solution you're implementing infrastructure that you know the developed world has seen for many years but that the developing world hasn't um and you're sort of going through that process of gathering requirements figuring out you know what it is that the community needs coming back and designing and building a technical solution to that and then coming back to the community and implementing it it's Mm -hmm. very similar there's a lot of um, parallels so i've been able to talk about it a bunch and i feel like This summer when I work in an actual consulting firm, I'm sure I'm going to draw on many lessons I've learned from UWB and be able to implement it. So it's cool. And yeah, there's a bunch of different majors that are involved in the club. And um, it's a really good, I think, combination of engineering and service and Mm -hmm. uh, people skills and all this stuff. I've gained so many skills from and Any can cloud. you kind of draw, like, on your interests? So, for
1: example, if you were a civil engineer, like, interested in water systems, could you mm. work on that part and say, like, your IFC, maybe you're more interested in kind of, like, managing the project, like, yeah. managing the system? Do you get to sort of pick those roles Totally.
2: Okay. So, within each project, we typically break it up into three-ish committees, and each committee is focused on a different thing. So, I remember when I first joined for Guatemala, I think we broke it up into, like, um sanitation so that a lot of chemical engineers were geared towards that because mm-hmm. it was a lot of or sorry not sanitation um filtration so okay yeah they're figuring out how to use chemical compounds to filter water okay um and then there was the irrigation team, and they were focusing on, like, an efficient way to set up the pipe so that all the land could be irrigated efficiently. So a lot of ISEs were drawn to that because it's sort of efficiency optimization. Yeah. And then there was, I think, the, like, the building of the storage tank itself. So a lot of mechanical civil people were drawn to that because it was, you know, you know more mechanical, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Like so sort of, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, within each project, I think it's broken up in a way, typically like, major-ish based, or where people can, um, utilize, like, their own interests more, and then if you want to go into eBoard, I was obviously really passionate about project management, so I sort of transitioned into that role, which <laughs> is, um, I guess more oversight of the project and the people working on it than the technicalities of the project itself, but, yeah. um, yeah, no, it's cool, there's some kind of something for everyone in it. That's awesome, and do yeah. you have, you have, so you have, like, a new project each year then, or semester? Um, it varies. Um, we, when I first joined the Guatemala project, that one was, I, I think that was about a quarter of the way through when I joined and it lasted like another year and a half, I'd say. Okay. Wow. Or maybe two years. I guess it just ended. So yeah, two years. Um, and yeah, so they're all kind of on different timelines. I think usually an EWB project lasts between two to four years-ish. It's tough because it kind of all revolves around fundraising because right. we have to have the funds to travel in country and get materials, and a, a project can cost $50,000, so it it's a lot of fundraising sure. and fundraising-heavy, so um, basically the faster you can get the funds, then the quicker the project goes. But, right, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So-
1: I'm sure that's kind of an interesting ISC problem too, like how to get the materials where you need to be safely yeah. and like dealing with all of those requirements. Totally, as well. it's a
2: lot of moving parts, and figuring out how all that comes together is definitely a big ISE pull. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome. So then you do more things. You're also involved in research. Do you want to talk about? Yeah. Little? Because I think maybe it'd be hard to picture what like ISE research looks like. Totally. So.
2: What is that? (laughs) Sure. So, I do research at a center called CREATE. It's the Center for Risk and Economic Analysis of Terrorism Events, and we work with the Department of Homeland Security, um, which sounds really intense. (laughs) And it's not not quite as intense as it sounds, but it's still really cool. Um, And I have been working on a project for the past year um, with first responders, specifically wildland firefighters. So... We analyzed this new um personal protective equipment, so think about like the the gear they wear, the apparel they wear, so their pants and mm-hmm. their big you know fire resistant jackets yeah. and stuff and we analyzed a new version of that, which was supposed to like help decrease heat illness and um you know p- make the firefighters safer in when they're fire when they're fighting fires um, and so we did this giant cost benefit analysis to figure out um if that was the case and if basically the cost of the new system would be worth, um, would be worth it. And if, um, the benefits saved from, you know, not having to pay for firefighter injuries from heat stroke and things like that, if, if, um, it would be net positive and things like that. So it was more on the financial side of ISC, mm-hmm. Um, but it was really cool cause you know, we were still working. We had to, you know, figure out the technicalities of the new apparel to see that was a big part of analyzing the benefits of it. Um, but, yeah, we just finished like a thirty page report, and we're trying to get it published, so That's
1: awesome, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, and is that um,
2: lab in the i c department
1: or Hey,
0: everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there. Send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now, back to the episode.
2: Yeah, I believe it is. I honestly, I got into it because I got like rejected from this consulting club sophomore year and I was like well I gotta find something to do <laughs> and I googled like USC ISE research and now and it popped up so <laughs> <laughs> I know but I actually think it is an ISE and uh-huh. but it, it um, involves a lot of people outside of engineering too I think um, one of the professors I work with is in the psychology department so like actual ISE it's very interdisciplinary and it combines a lot of different fields um, yeah. which is which is really cool so um yeah, we'll see what other things come out of that, but it's really fun.
1: That's one thing that's kind of surprised me, actually, just about engineering in general, and especially research. (laughs) So many times you're working with researchers in a psychology department or
2: psychology research. Yeah, I've noticed that, actually.
1: Like, the human factor side of things it's really
2: cool. It's definitely important, yeah. No, it's cool to see it all come together and get all their perspective, but Yeah, the research, the center has done a lot of other cool projects, too. They had this really cool one with, with, like, detecting fake news and things. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, and they've done heaps more. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's cool. okay, that's fair. And also, it goes to show you, like, how easy it can be to get involved in research if you, like, really want to do it. Oh, it was so easy, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I literally Googled it, (laughs) and then I found an email and emailed them, and they were like, yeah, come in. And I was literally going in expecting them to give me, like, menial tasks and things and they're like i remember during my second or third meeting with them they're like all right well we'll get you set up on um the workday and pay system and i was like i'm getting paid like, <laughs> this is great and now like they're gonna they're yeah they're gonna make me the the first author on the publication That's it's awesome. like it's just oh so gosh. much has come out of it from that's like so a simple great. email and google search
1: well <laughs> like, good thing that consulting club rejected you I know yeah good thing <laughs>
2: <laughs> their loss <laughs>
1: that's awesome so then going forward as you you're graduating in like spring in 2021 for or
2: bachelor's yeah okay. may 2021 but I'm gonna stay an extra semester for my master's with okay PDP. awesome yeah PDP and ISE In um, project, or in engineering management, which is part of, I believe, the ISE. yeah, yeah. awesome. So, yeah, if you, those of
1: you who are unfamiliar, USC has a program called the Progressive Degree Program, Mm -hmm. so you can stay a fifth year. Um, If you get your undergrad here, you can stay a fifth year for a master's, or, like, in Phoebe's case, maybe if you had some AB credit or something, you can maybe cut it down to, like,
2: I know people who are graduating with their bachelor's and master's at the same time which is crazy good for them (laughs) I'm gonna take an extra semester (laughs) yeah no it's good
1: it's a lot of engineering classes yeah but that's awesome and then going forward from there do you think you want to do more sort of project management or consulting yeah
2: I really like it it's it like combines a lot of different things that I'm interested in there's there's a very like human aspect to it in that like because consulting work and project management work is very i guess client facing like you're not behind a screen all day mm-hmm. you're de- like you're interacting with people a lot which i really enjoy but you're also able to you know use your technical knowledge to sort of build the solution to the problem you're trying to solve yeah. um and i don't know it just i feel like it combines a lot of different skills which is what isc is all about right. so right. i really like not being i guess pigeonholed into one Task, you know, I like the idea that I get to work on lots of things. So, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably pursue that. We'll see how the summer goes. I think, I think I have high hopes. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm sure you'll do great. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited to see what you do. (laughs) Well, is there any? What's like, if you were to kind of pitch I, not pitch ISE, but sort of like, obviously you love the major.
2: Yeah, I do. And I know
1: you switched from Mackie, so kind of like for you, what made it stand out beyond, like, there's so many options as an engineer?
2: There are, yeah. I think, for me, it was honestly, it was just, like, one of the only majors I saw that was okay with you doing a little bit of everything. I feel like whenever I saw majors, either within engineering or not, they their, like, mission or their description just felt very specific in a way that Maybe because I didn't know what I wanted to do very well. It kind of scared me of like, oh, I don't want to, you know, commit to something that soon. Um, But it's cool because I feel like in ISC, you do get a mix of people maybe like me who aren't quite sure what they want to do. And ISC gives them the option to sort of keep exploring and have doors open after graduation to so many different Mm -hmm. industries and fields and things like that. But you also get people who are very, like, Defi- like, know what they want to do, have known since age five, and like, this is what I'm doing, and for sure, like, so it's not, you know, it's not like, oh, I don't want to, I don't know what I want to do, I'm going to do I C and that's, right. like, not the case, there's so many people in it who have a very clear vision of, I want to do operations research, I want to go into supply chain, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to go into banking, but I don't want to study finance, you know, it's like, you get so many different people, and I think um, that interdisciplinary nature of it, and that exposure to just so many different, um, like tasks and problems and, you know, ways of addressing things is so helpful to me. It's opened my eyes to what engineering can be, um, in a way that I just like couldn't even imagine in high school. So yeah, yeah, that was really cool.
1: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I learned a lot about ISEO. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. All right. Well, I learned a lot about ISE ISE.
0: in that episode. ISE. You know, one of my favorite facts about ISE is that we, uh, because as we talked at the top, that students come in and they don't maybe necessarily know about that. And so there's always a small amount of students that start in their first year in industrial and systems engineering but we always graduate like 45 or 50 of them. And it's that students discover it. Like similar yeah. to Fifi, this idea of I started mechanical engineering, and I realized that's what I, I thought. That's what I wanted to do. And I realized, no, oh, it's actually this. And so that happens from all different majors where people realize, I, I think I like more of this top level idea. I like this idea of management, I like this idea of operations. And I'm not necessarily involved in the specific design of, of, of the gears or the specific design of that specific widget uh, that's involved in that. And I still, I'm still an engineer, but uh, I'm not that deep into it.
1: Right, right, and um, I think the cool part about this major is you kind of get to see those systems. Like, um, with in this episode, we were, when we were talking about um, Fifi's sort of aerospace engineering internship, um, her first summer that she had an internship, you get to sort of work with all those teams and really see the technical aspect of what they're doing, but it is that higher level view. So you get to learn a lot about all these other topics, um, but you're kind of more perhaps at the systems level, which is also super important. And then kind of in the consulting and perhaps maybe more business or finance side, um, she talked about how she kind of felt like in the recruiting aspect for those internship. excuse me, um, she had a leg up over business majors. Cause she had that like super yeah. technical background. Right. Um, and it really sets you apart as an applicant.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. Um,
1: so it's a cool program for sure.
0: Well, cool. Well thank you so much for getting this episode going.
1: Yeah, of course. I, I think it's so hard. And I remember in high school, like really not knowing mm-hmm. what engineering is yeah. and even honestly, my freshman year is like kind of still learning what it is. So I think it's important to kind of get some highlights in some of these majors. Um, because, uh, it is like super hard to conceptualize if you've. Not, I mean, in it's high school, hard. you haven't done engineering. No, yeah, so. that's that's
0: why it's just too broad of a, a of a gap. And 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 when when students when engineers go to work, you know, so if they're talking to parents or you know older cousins or whatever, and they're going to work and doing things, it's not my job is not specifically mechanical engineering. You know, yeah. it's, it's going to be something related to. How I'm using mechanical engineering in this particular role, and the person I'm working with doesn't have the same degree as me, but we're doing the same job, and so that's why it's really confusing as far as what what's going to work best for you.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully, people can learn a little more through this one. But
0: awesome.